digital is the infusion of technology into business. Business is selling a product or service at a profit. And secrets are those things known only to the initiated few. Welcome to Digital Business Secrets. My name is Arthur Charles. I want to talk to you today about education, but education specifically aimed at the changing world that we're living in. And as always, kick off with a story. So yesterday, you know, I, I, I've just I've been to Cape Town uh, the third week of May and uh, I got severely ill. I got really, really sick. You know, different type of flu, man. Took me like almost, let's say three weeks. Took me three weeks to get over it. Whereas previously, I just needed to take some meds, eat a bag of oranges, eat some cup of soup, stay in the bed for a week, and then I'll be fine. But this time it took me three weeks to come right. So I'm slowly trying to get back to my routine of walking 10,000 steps a day. So yesterday, I just happened to walk past the Inscape college campus on Peter Mokaba Road and as I'm walking past there I'm looking at this college and I'm listening to an audiobook at the same time now this audiobook is something that I bought not to to take in information but to get educated and as I'm busy educating myself, I'm walking past this college. And I couldn't help but draw the comparison between what I'm doing right here, right now, and how that's going to affect, you know, my economic activity and what the kids inside those classrooms are doing. So they in there getting educated and they're going to be in those classrooms for the next three years or however long a, a one of those uh, degree or diploma programs are. So they're going to be in there and their parents are forking out a few thousands, maybe, I don't know, 30,000 a year, 20,000 a year. I don't know how much their parents are paying, but I know Inkscape obviously, Inkscape is not cheap. I know that for a fact. Okay, so, um, and here I am walking outside Inkscape. And I'm listening to an audiobook that cost me about $10, $10, which is like 170 rands. So I paid about 170 rand for this audiobook that's busy, that I'm busy getting some serious education from. And they're doing the same in a classroom that cost them 20000 a year um, for the exact same thing. But the, multi, the, the fundamental difference is that after one week of listening to that audiobook, maybe two, twice or three times, I'll be able to implement what I've learned from this audiobook and make money from it. So I'm basically adding another thousand to two thousand rands, maybe even five thousand rands a month in revenue to my business, listening to an audiobook for a week. And these kids will not see a return on their parents' investment in the education until such time they've completed the cause. So I'm starting to think, but this is really sad. 
you know, this whole difference between, well, I've always been a proponent of education, not so much of qualifications, not because I didn't finish university, but when I was at university and dropped out, I got a contract from the provincial government of the Western Cape, and they did not give me that contract because I've been to university. They gave me the contract because I had the skill set they were looking for at the time. Now, in 1997, there were very few people that could sell a computer, put it together, assemble it, configure the computer, and then train people on how to use the software on that computer. That's what I did in 1997 for the provincial government of the Western Cape. So to me, it was always about the skill set. I have the skill set and the skill set is why I'm making this amount of money and not um, the qualification that I have, you know. So I've realized that a long time ago and, and, and I have never been a, a proponent or an advocate of qualifications, always just education. And to me, this is so sad that we live in a, in a changing world. We live in a world of hyper-connectivity. You know, the world has become a small village. Just this morning, I saw that a friend of mine, um, well, let's call him a friend, um, one of those people that, that I, I, I actually communicate with on Facebook, you know, and not one of those people that are creepy. They just look at what you post and then they like. They never comment, they never share, they just like and you, you never hear from them, but they've sent your friend request three, four years ago, and you, you've accepted it, but you've never heard a peep out of them. Obviously, you're wanting them to speak first because they, they, they should have a reason why they requested you as a friend. The first thing I do when I request somebody as a friend, be it on LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever, is I tell them why I requested them as a friend. You know, I like what you're posting, and I learn from it, and I would like to continue learning from you. Or I tell people, like just yesterday, I got a friend request from somebody who's the MD at a wealth management company and uh, in, on LinkedIn. And I accepted his request and, and he sent me a thing, you know, thank you for connecting and blah, 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 this, that, the other. And then I sent him a message back and I tell, told him, listen, thank you for uh, connecting with me because I believe that it is entrepreneurs, marketers and salespeople that are going to change this world for the better. And I believe that if we all connect, we can achieve this goal of changing the world a lot faster together. So that's maybe that's my, my whole thing. Of So we live in a hyper-connected world, man, where the world is becoming smaller and smaller. People from here know people from there. And I, I basically now I know this friend of mine from the Cape Flats. I'm also from the Cape Flats. He lives in Costa Rica now. So now I have a contact in Costa Rica. I've got people that live in Bahrain, I've got people that live in Jordan, Oman, I've got people that live in Dubai. So the world is really, uh, my sister lives in the UK, I've got a contact in, in New Zealand family actually, I've got another contact in Australia. So there's, you know, the world has become very small and we have the types of technology that enable all kinds of awesome things. So why with the world changing constantly, right? the only constant today is change. So with the world in a constant state of flux, why has education not changed to empower and equip people for this changing world? Why is education still at a point where it requires you to sit in a classroom for three years, then get a qualification and then go look for a job? Why can you not 
start a side hustle three months into your first year at college. You know, start a, a, a web design company three months into learning how to code. You know, start, listen, why, why, why is starting a business not part of the curriculum of whatever, any qualification? You know, why when you go, when you're six months into a law degree, first year, why can they not send you to go work in a legal clinic and start helping people already? You know, start dishing out legal advice, but just based on the little bit that you learn. I mean, I've done two years of commercial law, um, so I know a little bit about, you know, business law, corporate law, etc. But I'm still saying that education is not running side by side with the pace that the world is changing at. And that's what's really sad here. So if you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur and you're in education space, man, I, I urge you, I urge you to bring whatever it is you're doing up to speed, you know, with the rest of the world. Because we, we cannot be doing this. We cannot be having our children sitting in classes for three years and then only wait until after they qualify, after they graduate, you know, to, to actually become economically active. No, it should be as simple as listening to an audio book, extracting what you can from that audio book, implementing that and then making money from it. You do not have to wait until you have a piece of paper that says you are qualified in this. It's just a piece of paper. I just told you uh, earlier in this, in this session that in 1997, I got a contract with the provincial government of the Western Cape. And in the contract was in no way, in fact, I was never asked what my qualifications were. I was asked, can you do this? I said, yes, and I did it for a whole year. I traveled around the Western Cape to every single NGO office, Red Cross, Cancer, TB, St. Luke's, Hospice, all of these people. I, was, I, went, I went around doing this, this work for a whole year. And I didn't get that contract based on a piece of paper from some institute with some SACWA accredited cause that said that I am now qualified to do this. No, I learned it, I deployed it, and I made money with it. And that's really where education needs to go. We teach youngsters, we help them to implement or deploy, and help them to earn through that. And, and that's probably, that's that maybe one of the, one of the advantages that, uh, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with the TEFL industry, T-E-F-L. It means teaching English as a foreign language. So the TEFL industry has these courses that you can like complete in six months. One of them you can complete in, 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 in about eight months. And once you've completed the course, it is actually the equivalent of a national diploma. The same national diploma that most students take three years to complete. You can do this in eight months. And immediately after you, 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 you've done, you, don't, you need no job experience, internships, all of that. You can actually get a job teaching English as a foreign language, be it in Cambodia, be it in South Korea. It does not matter. You can actually get a job. And now the TEFL industry is one of the industries that are really, they, they're really on par with the rest of the world in terms of where we're going. Because the TEFL industry has basically exploded while um, the, the rest of the world was in lockdown. Because they didn't need um, to teach sitting in a classroom. Everything happens online. They do e-learning is basically the foundation that the TEFL industry is built on nowadays. Yes, you can go abroad and actually teach in a school, teach English in a school in Cambodia and Vietnam. But 99% um, of the time, people um, get 
private clients, private uh, children that they, can, that they can teach, or even adults that they can teach English to, and it all happens online. You just need a good internet connection, a good PC with a webcam, good audio, and there you go. Bob's your uncle. So really, the crux of this podcast here is that the world needs to catch up to... Sorry, education needs to catch up with the world. <laughs> education has to catch up with the world. Thank you so much for listening to me today. My name is Arthur Charles and this has been Digital Business Secrets.